When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jam Journals is a proud partner of Yesterday's Concert Podcast and member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. The pages spit out inch by inch. New knowledge, revelation, and posterity were revealed with every line that emerged. Hot and fresh, come and get them. As the paper absorbed its final drips of ink, I grabbed the stack and tightly packed them like clicking tongs together before flipping the sizzling meat. I slammed a staple through the upper left corner and held my new creation like Indiana Jones and the holiest of treasures. My makeshift magazine wasn't the real thing, but it was good enough for me. I ran to my room and buried my nose in the documents. My parents probably wondered if I printed off a fresh docket of nudie pics. The next day, I was a new man walking the halls of my school. I had an unfound legend on me. I plopped into class and whipped it out. There was an attempt to play it cool, but the excitement was untamable. Dude, do you know who the best guitarist of all time is? I asked my tiny friend group of music-loving nerds. Well, I mean, dude, it's gotta be Hendrix. What? Hendrix? Doesn't even hold a candle to Dimebag. You talking about virtuosity? Because then it's gotta be Vi or Satriani. Okay, so that question was a little more loaded than I anticipated. I flashed the homemade magazine to my friends. This was my only copy, and my dad would totally kill me if he caught me printing another 20 pages of paper. I've got the Rolling Stone Top 100 Guitarists of All Time list, I said. The posturing was gone, and I held the source of life. Mouth dropped and hands reached. Gimme, gimme, gimme. The other dudes jumped from their chairs to surround me and revel in the prophecy. They wanted to start with number one. But let's not rush the foreplay, guys. I flipped to the last page. Joe Perry at 84, are they crazy? Have they heard the riff to walk this way? Come on, Jack White at 70? No, 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 that tracks. He, he never really rips his solo. The stripes are more rift-based. Barely a year into my classic rock obsession, and I was overwhelmed with the content. More than three decades worth of back catalog. Not to mention the ranking of such trivials as the best guitarist of all time. But even as we continue to argue, I had a simple misunderstanding about my own biases. My favorite band was Led Zeppelin. Therefore, ipso facto, Jimmy Page was the best guitarist of all time. Right? 
In retrospect, the top 100 list is incredibly silly. It's good fun when you step back, but it's an impossible ranking. They're all so different and bring unique qualities to the game. It's essentially like comparing a catcher and a shortstop to an outfielder. They're in the same game, but their on-field inputs are vastly different. Sure, you could say one of those virtuosic wankers is the best in terms of skill and mastery, but the listenability scale is in the negatives. Then you could have a groove master like Paige, Dimebag, or Joe Perry. Those riffs will get your tookus moving, but they could be sloppy live and sometimes one-dimensional. But that didn't matter in high school. I was obsessed with guitarist. I wanted all the sounds. I wanted all that riffage, all the solos, and to have my face melted by pinch harmonics and pick sweeps. As far as I was concerned, the Rolling Stone list was not only the gospel, but a launching pad. I had to hear them all. Armed with 20 pages of color print and the inside of collective music journalist Who's Who's, I began my own quest. Who was the greatest guitarist of all time? Welcome concert goers, music fanatics, and those already free. My name is Lance Ingram, and this episode of Jam Journals, we open our pages to February 21st, 2009. Grab your earplugs as we go into the New Daisy Theater in Memphis, Tennessee for the Derek Trucks Band. The lights of Bill Street crowded out the night sky. For the last 45 minutes, my little tribe of hippies had shivered our frozen extremities off while waiting in line. We got to the venue an hour early before doors opened so that we could get that sweet, sweet front row spot. But even with our early arrival, we were greeted by a line that stretched down Bill. With the front row off the table, our pre-show genders turned into more than shivering from the frigid night. None of us had a ticket yet. Murmurs were that by the time we got to the window, there'd be no tickets left. I called up here this morning to get my ticket and they told me they had less than 50 tickets left. And that was at like 10 a.m. Oh, they told you 50? I heard 25. Stu Mosin and I stared at each other in fear. We'd come all the way from Oxford, Mississippi to Memphis for this show. None of us had any money. We could barely afford the gas and ticket price alone. It'd be good fortune if we could stop for a burrito after the show. We were doomed if it sold out. But Stu and Mosin rode the good vibes wave. However, I missed the boarding call. It'll be fine. I'm sure they'll have some tickets left. It's still early, Stu said. Worst case, we'll slip the doorman our ticket money and we'll sneak our way through the back, Mosin said. Tickets? Anybody need a ticket? Scalpers, the bane of the concert industry. I hated to support these guys, but these were desperate times. I was going to the show, and nothing could stop me. I'd happily leave Stu and Mosin in the parking lot to wait for me. I wasn't missing Derek Trucks. Hey man, what are you charging? Ticket says $25. Well, color me shocked. I believe that's face value. The middle-aged guy stuck out a loan ticket. It was a green and white with big letters that read Derek Trucks Ban. I'd never seen a green ticket before. Ticketmaster was white and blue. Why are these tickets green, man? These can't be real, I asked. I worked for a radio station and they gave these to us as comps can't go anymore and I wanted to get them in the hands of someone who could. They're legit, son. Through hesitation, I pulled out my wallet and handed the guy 25 in cash. Alright, man. 
you say so. Clutching the ticket, I tried to convince myself that I hadn't just been ripped off. Moose and Stu were more focused on how we could still find a way to get railed. Lance, since you already have a ticket, what if you run in and try to grab us a spot? I could try to say I have to go to the bathroom and hold down a spot before they open the doors. Like, just run over me. But what if that dude sold you a fake ticket? The venue's not going to care. The band's not going to care. No, no, chill out. It's, it's, it's legit. I'm sure it's legit. It's got a barcode after all. I'm sure it's fine. But like, what if it's not? What if you just got scammed? You have $5 left. That's barely enough to get a burrito afterwards. Or gas. Oh, crap, that's a problem. Is this karma for thinking I'd leave Stu and Mosin while I went to the show? The door to the venue swung open and two oversized security guards emerged. And we began our march inside. Those without tickets were herded to a nearby window while everyone else passed through an intimate and soul-enriching pat-down. As my friends were passed into separate lines, I wondered if I should have followed. Should I have been acting like all those movie scenes where a child is ripped from his parents' grip? What was I going to do without those guys? Would I be able to find them inside the venue? What if it sells out? What if I can't hold their spots? What if my ticket is fake? Lift your arms and turn around, the security guard told me. His hands prodded my body and reached into my pockets. Normally this is the perfect setup to make a crash joke. You found my banana. But not tonight. Not now. You're good. Go on through. He waved me in. This was it. The moment of truth. A young girl offered no smile or empathy. She stuck out her hand and made her demands. Ticket. I handed her my stub and watched her glare at the paper. This is the part where she would tell me my ticket was fake and I was doomed to sit in the parking lot while Stu and Mosin had their faces melted. I just knew it was fake. There was no way it was real. I had to have been scammed. I'm such an idiot. Enjoy the show. Destiny smiles on the wicked. I ran inside without thinking through the words. She gave me the pass. I wasn't going to argue about my fake ticket. The first few rows of the pit were already full by the time I got inside, but I found a spot about five rows back and spread out to save room for Stu and Mosin. The house lights dropped, the crowd roared, and the band took the stage unceremoniously. This wasn't Kiss. This wasn't you wanted the best, you got the best. Nor was this the WWE. Just a couple of dudes walking on stage to a house full of adoring fans. And as excited as we were for the band, let's be honest while we were there. Derek Trucks. Everyone was there for Derek Trucks. But despite his name on the marquee and being the center focus, he allowed himself no star's introduction. Arriving in the middle of the pack, he didn't come first. He didn't come last either. Before grabbing his guitar, he timidly waved to the crowd as if only to appease our cheers. Derek was strapped into his guitar as quickly as possible. It was his safety net. It's where he lacked in communication. His guitar would make up for it. Realizing the show was about to start, the crowd fell into a stillness. No one talked. No one ran to the bar for one last drink. Derek slid in with a powerful phrase and swept the crowd up with his energy. The song was the upbeat original, Get What You Deserve, from their most recent album, Already Free. One thing I should preface about this show is, nothing happened. There's no grand story about chaos erupting in the crowd, Derek dropping acid mid-set, or one of my buddies getting caught with a hooker at set break. Aside from the ticket fiasco, which was wholly in my mind, this was, by all accounts, an average run-of-the-mill show. Except for the part where it wasn't. This was Derek Trucks, a measly 15 feet away from us. He was no longer living in Dwayne and Warren's shadows. Derek was the chosen one, my generation's Hendrix. 
In the future, when I'm an old head, this is the guitarist I'll brag to the young heads about seeing in his prime, when we were in the presence of greatness, and everyone knew it. When the solo took a break for the solo, Derek didn't step into the spotlight or smirk at his band. He stood statuesque, like the oldest oak tree in the forest. Unwavering, he shredded at breakneck speed on his trademark Gibson SG. The glass finger slide on his left hand ran the course of the neck. His pickless right hand plucked out the notes with incredible accuracy. I looked at Stu and Mosin, my mouth agape and fearing for my safety. This man was out for blood. The band played a string of originals, including I Know, I Done Got Over, and Days Is Almost Gone. Again, there was nothing uniquely special about the performances, but we were mesmerized. We were transfixed, smitten. Every mood Derek's hands made, our eyes followed. We were like little kittens watching a ping pong ball. It's one thing to recognize a master's work, but to witness it in person is otherworldly. There wasn't a flub note or miscue. Every noise emitted was a message from the music gods. I closed my eyes and let the sound wash over me. I was sent to that special place only music can take you. I was in Valhalla. One thing I love about jam bands is their willingness to play cover songs. It makes you feel as if there's nothing off the table and everything is fair game. Granted the Derek Trucks band was more jam adjacent than they were actually a jam band, but we're not here to argue semantics. Derek played softly. His guitar cast a mournful spell. It could barely be heard over the percussionist shaker. He hit a slide that wavered. It had hints of the mighty zeppelins when the levee breaks. The guitar line told of foreboding danger. The stripped down band of Derek and singer Mike Madison was haunting. But oh mama, ain't you gonna miss your best friend now? You're gonna have to find yourself another best friend somehow. And don't try to move me. The song was Bob Dylan's Down in the Flood, and had you not known it was Dylan, there'd be no trace of it in this version. On a side note, is another aspect of Bob's genius that other artists so easily adapt to songs that they sound like originals. This adaptation was no different. The Derek Trucks band made this song their own. There was no trace of Dylan's original, and for seven minutes, Derek melted our minds. His solo was mournful and melodramatic. Standing at a slight angle, Derek's eyes closed and his foot tapped out the rhythm. There was no sway in his body, no groove with the beat. He was a Zen master deep in his element. He channeled past guitar heroes. I wanted to close my eyes and be transported to Valhalla again, but mentally I was already there. I looked at Stu and Mosin. I ran my fingers down my face, stretching the skin beneath my eyes and showing my bottom row of teeth. It was true. We need a bucket anima to wipe this face up. While I'm singling this song out, it was no different than any other tune in the set. Every song featured a guitar solo that was equally worthy as a face melter. But the undeniable champion of the night was my favorite things, another cover. Lost in the moment, I didn't even pick up on the thread. The song had flowed directly from Don't Miss Me, and I was so captivated by Derek's playing that I just thought this was the jam. It began with a slight piano trickle Excited calls rang from around the room. The band leaned heavily into a jazzier element than they'd done all night. Mike took a seat side stage while Derek sang lead through this instrument. It was an absolute masterclass of beauty and phrasing. 
But as the song progressed, the light jazz turned to chaotic. It was free. Each musician pursued their own exploration and outlet. The song built and built before descending into chaos, yet somehow molded into a perfect symphony. Every musician was given an opportunity to shine. Drummer Yanrico Scott unleashed the demons of jazz. Derek quietly slid at the front. Bassist Todd Smalley took the bass for a walk, just like that scene in Anchorman. Derek led the way though, his guitar was ever-present leader. Regardless of the form, this song was intended to keep steady. There wasn't a moment where the song went full type 2. And for my non-jam band friends, look it up. More than 17 minutes later, the song in all of its glory came to a crashing close. Jan Rico rode the cymbals for what felt like minutes, and everyone faded out. There was no topping it. The guitar god had spoken. Seven months later, we were at the Lyric Theater in our collegiate hometown of Oxford, Mississippi. The Derek Trucks Band was in town. Naturally, Stu Mosin and I got to the venue hours before the doors opened, like two in the afternoon hours early. We had to meet the guitar god himself. Dude, 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 that's him, I said. Behind the theater and down the road, we could see a man with a long blonde ponytail. The three of us eyed each other. He leaned against a metal fence that surrounded a church. And that's when I saw the phone he held to his ear. I'm gonna go say hello, Stu said. Dude, he's on the phone. He's probably talking to Susan and the kids. Leave him alone until he at least gets off the call, Mosin replied. Derek bumped off the metal fence and paced the sidewalk. He stepped up and down from the curb, kicked a few rocks and paced the street. We collectively agreed we didn't want to rush him while he was on the phone. But cue the few fighters. There goes our hero. We don't want to watch him walk away. Rounding the corner, seemingly out of nowhere, the rest of the band emerged. There was Mike, Yanrico, Count Mbutu, Todd, and Kofi. We were so focused on Derek that we hadn't expected them to rush us. Alright guys, calm down. We'll gladly accept all of your autographs. Like teenage girls meeting their heartthrob crush, we were reduced to screaming adolescence. There was no second guessing what we were doing. I mean, Mosin was wearing a Derek Trucks Band shirt. We got a few autographs, we got a few pictures, but the band didn't linger. They weren't unfriendly by any means. We also didn't have much to say. We were awestruck. As we were watching the band walk inside the venue, we turned around to see Derek approaching us. He seemed resigned to meeting us long before we were aware he was walking back. Derek, how's it going? We love your stuff, man, Stu said. Thanks, guys, Derek replied. Can we get an autograph and a picture? I asked. Yeah, that's no problem. For a man who just spent the last half hour on the phone, Derek was a man of few words, but that also tracked with who he was on stage. He wasn't unkind, he didn't seem rushed, nor did he seem bothered as we took turns getting photos and autographs. All right, everybody good? He asked. Nice to meet you guys. See you tonight. We watched him join the rest of the band inside the Lyric Theater. As the door slammed shut behind him, we gathered like schoolgirls in a circle. We were gushing. OMG, did you see his hands? Those are the hands that shred the SG. I think he smiled in our pick. He never smiles. Do you think you'll notice at the show tonight? And just like that, we met someone on that list that I printed out. We met a guitar god. But if you want my real opinion, we met the greatest living guitarist. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Jam Journals and reliving one of my favorite concert memories. Have you seen the artist before? 
How was your experience? Similar? Better? Worse? Let us know on social media, at Yesterday's Concert. We're on all the channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Give us a shout or shoot us an email at info at yesterdaysconcert.com. Until next time, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and check us out at yesterdaysconcert.com. And don't forget, take care of your shoes. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.